Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Life Podcast. I'm James Coat, joined alongside by the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's going on, man? Oh, you know, it's Friday. It's Friday. We're chilling. Uh, we got MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's cracking? Viva Los Doyers. Oh, my God. Can I just say, I felt like the entire city of Los Angeles exploded in enjoyment when Kershaw. Because this was the, the weird thing. I'm not a Dodgers fan. But my heart was just pounding through my chest. And I think, Mark, and tell me if I'm wrong, I feel like everybody was waiting for the Kershaw blow-up. Um, I don't know. Maybe because I am a fan, like I, I really believed the best that was going to happen. But I also felt like regardless of how that went, I was okay with the decision to give him the shot there. 100%. Um, the other part of it is because I was, watch, you know, I was watching the football game last night, okay. and, I, and I, had the, I had the baseball game streaming as well on a second oh. stream, on a second screen. Okay. Um, the people in the apartment, like, two doors over, oh, okay. I, could, I could hear them clapping <laughs> early like, before oh, I saw it. Oh. So I knew I was fine with it. I, I don't really care about spoilers like that, but Should have I, was, the game I, was like, I was, like, totally tense. Yeah. And then, like, before that last pitch, I just hear – Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I knew. That was great. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, it was good. I, I'm not going to get into a full baseball breakdown, but, man. Thank you. Holy hell. That was intense. We got Matt Harmon here. What's hey. going on? How's I, West Virginia doing? West Virginia is pretty good. Okay. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't know. I, I've never been there. Well, I mean, I've been there, but, there I'm, you go. but I'm not from there. Uh, okay. That's not true. Let's I did actually have – I was cleaning my room up a little bit, shockingly, this week, and I noticed okay. that there were two mason jars on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, we got you a know, great – I had this realization quick on yes. mason jars. Like, everybody has them, and they're tweeting you know, pictures of them on Facebook and stuff. I sure. feel like – in 50, 60 years, like the baby co's and stuff, when they're yeah. cleaning out all of our house, and you'll be like, what the hell was everybody doing with all these stupid, impractical <laughs> jars? Like, why were they drinking out of these? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm going to stick up for mason jars here, shockingly. Uh, like, they're they're really thick pieces of glass for the yeah. Like, if you get, like, a legit one, not these trendy ones from, right, like, right, Walmart right. or some other piece of crap store. Okay. Sorry, Walmart, we just lost a sponsor. Okay. Uh, we but, don't have any sponsors. So well, potential, matter, but, potential okay. sponsor. Okay. Um, but, uh, like, they're really thick 
well-made glass, and it gets the water really cold. Like if you just drink straight up water out of it, or like any other drink. Uh, I will say this as well. They're super. This is a totally dad move here, but they're super easy to clean. Oh yeah, I'm I'm down with that. Whatever. Okay, that's yeah. I know that was kind of da- a, a dad comment there. I just, um, I just mean like they're being so overused. Like people are drinking out of them at dinner and stuff. I'm like use an actual glass. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird at dinner. I feel like dinner's weird. <laughs> there is uh there is that as well. We got a big time show in front of us here today. We're going to react to Thursday night football. We are going to get franchises fiery. Boner as well. Uh, we'll give you some deep sleepers, and we'll do EDG every damn game today. So we will get it all, and we'll do a complete breakdown of Cowboys at Green Bay, mostly because it was going to be an EDG, but I think the game's super interesting, and I'm super interested to watch it. So there we go. Uh, we will talk about that game as well. But as always, we start with your top news. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, we shall start in Detroit. Theo Riddick, injured ankle, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday or today from what I believe. Justin Forsett recently signed. Dwayne Washington did return to practice today. What do we make of that situation, gentlemen? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's not a great matchup versus the Rams. It is not. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think I would prefer to see Dwayne Washington be healthy and get some run there. I think, I think he's an exciting back to watch. I think he is that between the tackles guy that the Lions have been looking for um, for a while now. And right. I feel like you know the Justin Forsett signing in Detroit was pretty much to add some depth because Washington was hurt, Zach Zinner wasn't performing, they right. knew that Theo Riddick couldn't handle that kind of workload. So I, I think in a perfect world they would prefer to not necessarily have to use Justin Forsett a lot. Yeah, I think that it's interesting because Riddick would be the guy I'd love to play in this matchup against an aggressive front seven, and also the Rams have some injuries on their defensive line. I would be pretty interested in playing him, but if he's not going to play, I'm probably just not going to want to have any exposure to any Detroit running backs. But it is good to see Dwayne Washington get back out there because we were really excited excited about him a few weeks ago, and I think that excitement should still be there. Zach Zenner didn't really do anything with his chances, the power back there. All right, Rashad Jennings coming back, expected to come back versus the Ravens. He says he's pretty much good to go. Uh, expectations for Rashad, Wiz? Uh, you know, it's not a great matchup for him to come back in. And he's been basically, I feel like, every week saying, like, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm so close. I'm doing and it. he's questionable. So, uh, And plus, this- I, I feel like they found something with Bobby Rainey and Paul Perkins. Mm, no. I mean, maybe <laughs> as, as receivers, yeah, for like, sure. Bobby well, Rainey, yeah. Bobby Rainey's been playing well out of the backfield as a receiver, but that was always Shane Vereen's role anyways. Right. Like, this will be a good – like, if you have Jennings, and I do in a couple leagues where I went wide receiver heavy early, this will be a good matchup to just – watch and see how he looks. Good point. And then, you know, starting next week, maybe think about slotting him back into your lineup. But the Baltimore defense is no joke this year, and you don't want to start a potential two-down running back on a, on a bad offense right now against them. The good thing about his injury, if there is a good thing, is that it's to his hand, and it wasn't to a, a lower body injury. So that is uh, promising, at least, for Rashad Jennings. Cam Newton practiced in full Thursday. Uh, I think he practiced today as well. He has not been fully cleared yet. He's listed as questionable. Uh, not fully cleared from his concussion protocol. If he plays, you know, uh, I would imagine you're going to start him up. 
It's lit. It's lit. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Speaking of concussions, Jordan Reed also in concussion protocol. Uh, Do we know what his status fit, is? Here? You know what? I this just is I, not lit. I literally just saw a tweet. He's questionable. He's, I think I thought he was. They said he was definitely not going to play, but I could be. It doesn't sound no, like he I, will. I don't think he will play. Although he's they're giving him the questionable designation is like a, a ray of hope for Jordan Reed owners because I feel like somebody's been keeping track of it. It's like 80% of people that have been questionable have ended up playing mm. with the way they changed the injury listings. That's interesting. Uh, only The only reason I have serious doubts about it is because when he suffered the concussion. Oh, yeah, 100%. He suffered the concussion during practice uh, during the week. Or at least was put into concussion. Yeah, if we he, first if heard he, about it exactly, midweek. Exactly. That's what it is. All right, Jonathan Stewart says he is, quote, ready to go versus the Saints. It is an ideal matchup for Jonathan Stewart. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. What do we make of the news there? Uh, I, I felt like Cameron Artis Payne broke through a bit last week. Obviously, he had those touchdowns. But uh, Jay Stu is in line, I guess, to, to assume a full role, full complement of touches yet again. Yeah, I think I think he goes back to being the number one guy. He's the starter. I think you know. No yeah. concern about a committee. No, no, nah. okay. no. I mean, Cameron Artis Payne goes back to you know being a second fiddle. And like before, when Stewart was healthy, Cameron wasn't was, even active. He was inactive. Yeah, I know. So I think you know, there's there's always that fear again. I think Fozzie Whitaker still has some life as a pass catching back, yeah. and you know, Cam Newton is still the goal line back. So it was incredible there. that as soon as Cam Newton misses a game, a Panthers running back scored two red zone touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was it was pretty funny. Like, well, unless <laughs> and I guess unless you own Jonathan Stewart, then it's probably not that funny to you. Right. But I found it pretty funny because it's just you know it's just the way it is. Look, with I the, just think it was because the Bucks were respecting the threat of Derek Anderson in the open field so much that that's yes. how they got in there. <laughs> yeah, so a, I don't. I really. I don't think it had anything to do with Cam not being in there. That's a that's a threat you you've got to account for. But yeah, no, I don't I don't think this is going to be a committee. And it, it's a great, obviously, a great matchup against the Saints. They've allowed the most rushing touchdowns with eight, and they've missed a game. So yeah, there you go. That's not a good stat. Not great. Uh, Eddie Lacy. Apparently, there's only one working ankle among running backs right now. Eddie Lacy also <laughs> sprained ankle, limited mostly to just running on the side during practice this week. It sounds like though he will go versus Dallas. But who knows how much he will play? I guess that's the question. So we go to our resident Packer reporter, Homer. Alex Gilhar. Homer is the word you were looking <laughs> for. Wow. Wearing a Packers hat right now. By the it's way, the only it's a, hat that fits my by the head. Way, over <laughs> by the way, it's another, it's another hat Friday. This it is, is a trend. This oh, is a trend now. We, got, we have trend. two times in a row. That's good. Uh, what do we make of, of Eddie Lacy? Um, I, gosh, I don't know, man. He, I don't know if he's been good, bad, average. Well, what's Eddie Lacy he's, been? He's averaging over five yards of carry right now. He's just not getting a lot of carries. And that's what it is. Even when he was he was good in this past game, then he got injured. So it's just like everything. You know, it's like a rain cloud is just following him around wherever he walks right now. How much do you trust him? This week, yeah. Uh, if he plays, I'm, I'm definitely trust him as at least a flex. I think this could be a game where the Packers will want to get back to establishing the ground game. They've been saying that every time they do with Lacey, he does well, and then they're like, ah, let's just throw James Starks back out there for kicks. But he's oh. got a knee injury; he might he might be out this week. So, right. if if Lacey plays, I think he's at worst a flex. It's a pretty good spot. Dallas actually like doesn't have a great front seven. They're giving up a lot of yards per carry over between four and five, but nobody runs against them because Dallas just grinds the clock. But right. With them being on the road in Green Bay, it could be a, a, the script could flip a little bit there. I, yeah. I, I hate this out, the outlook for the Packers this week. See that my that last part you mentioned, Alex, is is my fear is that the Cowboys are going to do what they do, which is try to eat as much clock as possible. I think I looked it up; they faced 81 rushing attempts. Their defense has, which is the fourth fewest, That's and nothing. The, the and the three the, the three teams. 
defenses that have faced fewer rushing attempts have all had a bye. So they've also played one wow. one less well, look, game. We got a lot. We can dive into this. Let's save that <laughs> yeah. for the matchup column. But if Lacey plays, I think he's a, he's a decent flex option. All right, Latavia still hurt, dealing with that turf toe. Hasn't practiced all week. Uh, we don't have as of the recording today whether or not he practiced today for Oakland. But it doesn't look like he's going to play. He's. I mean, I'd be shocked if he got out there. And if he does, it's going to be in a very limited capacity. Latavius Murray, I don't think you can play him. But what does it mean for the backfield there? DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard, Jameez Olawale. <laughs> I mean, come on. Just give it to one guy. Nope. They, no, they can't. Nobody's pulled away. Like, they yeah. keep splitting touches, and everybody keeps doing, like, the exact same average amount of work on their touches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing we said last podcast, that DeAndre Washington will catch passes, but so will Jalen Richard. They'll also split the, split the workload in the rushing game, and then Jameez Zalawale will punch in a 3-2 or 1-yard touchdown. Uh, but this is a pretty sneaky good spot. The Chiefs give up 4.8 yards per carry, which is the fourth highest in the NFL, 123 rushing yards per game. So, I mean, if you have one of these backs and you're, you're – hurting at running back, which basically everybody is, right. hurting, hurting at everybody, every position for God's sakes, uh, then I think that this is a time to potentially throw one out there and just hope that they get uh, more carries than the other. Tyler Eifert ruled out yet again. Back injury. Um, at what point do we just... <laughs> At what point do we just give up? A I, think, I think if you're in a 10-team league or if you have a short bench, it's Holy time. hell. It's time. I mean... Not only is he out this week, but there doesn't seem to be any indication of when he's coming back. I mean, we thought last week he was all set to come back, and then was it Thursday or Friday he had the setback and didn't play, and then this week he didn't practice at all. I, I think it's time. Tight end is unbelievably gross, though, as a position, uh, so it's hard to say, like... I mean, if you're if you're one of these teams that's kind of throwing your hands up in the air at the tight end position, and like maybe you can buy Eifert right now. I don't hate that, but I, I'm with you that holding him during the bye weeks is is pretty rough. And actually, now as I'm so like, hard, it's, it's it's rough to do. And like, but the problem is like beyond the top ten, like nine tight ends, I would say from like Greg Olson all the way down to like maybe Jimmy Graham, it's. It's bad. So, like, you're probably that 10th to 12th team that's hurting a tight end, and I think that it might be worth holding him. I feel at this point, if you've been holding on to him this long, you're almost pot committed. Like, I know, that's, right? that's, that's where I I'm know. at. Because, Seriously. Like, why would you, like, I can't I can't fathom, like, yeah, this reminds me of Mark Sessler anytime the Browns cut a player or trade one because he's like, oh, he's going to go on to have amazing success on a different team. Like, I've been eating that bench spot in only one league with Eifert right now, but there's not a chance in hell I cut him. Because the Bengals right now are 29th in the league in red zone percentage. They can't right. do anything when they get there. And yep. you know when Eifert comes back, he's darn near indefensible in that area because of his size and his ability to box out defenders. So, How many targets has C.J. Uzama and Tyler Croft gotten in? I mean, it's Not amazing. They, they keep throwing at the tight end despite the fact that these guys are essentially no-namers. It's, it's weird. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty weird situation and like but Uzoma has they have tried to get him to score, yeah, but he, man. Has, he has seemed like almost allergic to scoring touchdowns. He's like, <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not gonna do it. But he's gotten the red he's gotten the red zone work and, and they need it. I mean, outside of AJ Green, they don't have like a passing game threat in the red zone. Uzoma caught whatever uh, Zach Ertz has in terms of scoring touchdowns. So I guess you know, being being bad. Slight yes. up, slight, <laughs> That's what it is. slight update. Uh, yeah. Tyler Eifert did do some rehab work on the side of the field 
on Friday. Oh my god! So there's that. There's, Yay! That's cool. Nothing. That's not great. He's supposed to. He was supposed to have played this week. That doesn't. I mean, I don't know. He man. was supposed to have played last, last week, week. <laughs> and then he he had a setback, but not a setback to the to, to the, the injury that he had. He had right. a setback to it another was injury. It was just what? But yeah, it's it's pretty gross. Just to answer your question, yeah. uh, Uzoma has four red zone targets. He's caught one for six yards, and Tyler Croft has one red zone target, which he caught for seven yards. There you go. All right, other news and notes. Not not really fantasy relevant, but interesting nonetheless. Uh, Colin Kaepernick set to start versus the Bills. This after he and the team restructured his deal to essentially take out injury guarantees. Jeremy Hill practiced in full Thursday. He was dealing with a chest injury. And Eric Decker is now expected to miss six to eight months after undergoing shoulder surgery. I think it was a little bit more complicated than just a rotator cuff. It sounds like it might have been a combination labrum Cuff tear for Eric Decker, but six to eight months is a long Force time. Or some out for Eric Decker. That's a long time, what is, folks. What's the point of life? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to Thursday night football. Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, C.J. Anderson for Denver. Who needs him? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, the poor C.J. Anderson owners, including my father. I don't know yeah. if you guys saw me tweeting some uh, of my text I saw some of, your, some of his frustrated texts. A lot <laughs> of expletive-laden text messages coming from my father because every time C.J. Anderson would have a good play, it would get called back on a hold. How about that touchdown? That touchdown run was insane. He, like, worked so hard to get in the end zone. and nah. Bobbing and weaving through the deep. Nope. Oh, man. So yeah. that, was, that was rough. I mean, Fabs even tweeted out last night, like, I think C.J. Anderson's lost something like 10 points to hold, 10 fantasy points to holding penalties. And then uh, Jake Seeley, friend of the podcast, uh, at All In Kid, replied, uh, 10.7, not that anyone's counting. <laughs> <laughs> He is one of the big C.J. Anderson truthers out there. But. He yeah. is. Well, he he. You know, Devonte Booker had more yards than uh, Booker CJ. looked great, and he was yep. getting worked in early, which, as we talked about last uh, or on Monday on the podcast, is worrisome for Anderson owners because it was not. This was not like a garbage time situation. No, he was getting in early and often. I think this is going to be uh, another committee. Yep, and I think this is going to end up being another pretty even split. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, Booker played 22% of the snaps. C.J. Anderson did play 76. Uh, so, I mean, that's encouraging, but at the same time, it's just still a little worrisome. Devontae yeah. Booker on five carries had 46 yards rushing. C.J. Anderson on 10 carries had 37 yards rushing, although C.J. Anderson obviously put in some work through the air as well with 34 receiving yards. Um Man, it was weird. It's such a weird stat line when you see Trevor Simeon threw 50 times, completed 30 passes, and you're thinking, okay, that's going to be good. He completed 30 passes for 230 yards. What? Who throws the ball 50 times and doesn't crack 300? It's it's crazy. Well, Alex Smith gets it. Alex Smith does get it. 50 times, though. That's insane. Emmanuel Sanders led the way. I'm using air quotes with lead. Four catches, 40 yards. Demarius Thomas, five for 35. I mean, oh, man. This this comes from our Next Gen Stats uh, research team. Uh, Simeon did not complete a single pass over 20-plus air yards, and he didn't have a completion over 6.5 air yards until the fourth quarter. Amazing. I mean, and here's we your weekly reminder: fantasy football is really stupid. Trevor Simeon scored more points than Philip Rivers last night. Did he? <laughs> yeah. He did. Yeah, oh, Rivers. He did. Oh, that is rough. So, that is that's pretty rough. Cool. And, and you know, it's interesting too, right? Because San Diego. I mean, could you have named any of the corners there for San Diego? Their whole defense was shot up. It was crazy. No, when Franchise was putting in the inactives last night and looking at all that, he said some. He's like. 
Yeah, man, Flowers is inactive. Rhett's on IR. Somebody named Maher. It was questionable, too. I'm like, I don't know who the hell that is. Who is that guy? No, but he was. I nobody. thought that was the punter. But then I saw him out there playing uh, Mayer or Mager. I don't know. I don't know what his Not name John is. Mayer, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we make of Phillip Rivers? Look, it was not a great matchup for him, of course. Uh, 178 through the air. Did have that touchdown. Kind of saved his fantasy day, if you want to call it that. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, he's just playing kind of behind the eight ball is this just a blip uh, a, a blip on the radar because uh he's playing denver or or should we start to now fade away from from philip rivers uh, i think he's fine I think, yeah. he, I think he is who he is qbs just don't have an access to a ceiling uh when they play denver i mean even matt ryan posted like a 15 point outing last week it was right. you know usable enough but there's just no way with the pass rush with the corners that they have that you can access uh, a, a usable ceiling, there. which is interesting because now running backs have seemingly gotten loose on the Denver Broncos defense. Well, and it was something that was happening earlier in the year too. And you know, there were there have been running backs who have gotten over on the Broncos. So, you know, I I, I was watching it earlier, and you start to wonder how much they do miss Malik Jackson, how much some of the, the changes up front have affected them. But that Malik is a Jackson spot, loss was big. That is a spot where they have been vulnerable. But you know, as as Harmon mentioned, because they are so tough against the passing game. Right. Um, they kind of make up for it. They can hide that a little well, bit. And what our, our good friend of uh, you know the program, Patrick Claibon, had tweeted earlier this morning that the Broncos' defense has given up 508 total yards to just backs and tight ends in the last two games. That's interesting, People right? are using them in space. I was talking about Bucky Brooks on the couch last week. Okay. The linebackers aren't the same. They lost Danny Trevathan. Yep. Oh, wait, no. Does that, that's the one they lost, right? They did lose Trevathan. My mind's, yes. my mind's uh-huh. all over the place. Yeah. Oh, they lost Trevathan. But yes. so that's that's the, way to, that's the way to attack this defense, and I think that's I mean, what we're going to have to account they for. They had no answers for uh, Tevin Coleman as a matchup. Yeah, they're, 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 the Denver Broncos combined allow the most Interesting. yards in the league to tight ends and running backs lined up in the slot. They allowed the most coming into last this week. Okay. Of course, obviously, now they've played one more game. They allowed right. the most, but 123.2 passer rating mm. allowed to, on those throws. I'm gonna have to. We're gonna have to keep an eye on on Houston, right? When uh, Lamar Miller plays Denver next week in Week Seven. Yeah, I wish they had. I wish they had a usable tight end. But yeah. But they speaking did. of tight ends, hey, uh, the torch has been passed in San Diego. Oh my gosh, huh? Hunter Henry. Yes, sir. He's I'm, good. He's good. He man. is he, good. He Sixty. He played sixty-eight percent of the snaps last night. Antonio Gates played forty-eight percent of the snaps, and yeah. this was uh, you know pretty similar to what we saw the week prior too. All right, there you go. Uh, Melvin Gordon put in a, a usable day as well, over ninety yards rushing. Gosh, he got had a long I mean, run. He had one big run, Huge and run, uh, yeah. he he was making some guys miss, but all the guys he was making miss were two yards in the backfield. <laughs> so it was not a great day. It would have been great to have him get a touchdown, but the yardage was nice if you had yeah, to start him. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Um, and I was actually surprised he didn't catch anything out of the backfield. Quite honestly, given all those numbers that we just talked about, didn't catch anything out of the backfield. Did have two targets, but didn't haul anything in. So that was interesting. All right, let's get to franchises. Fiery phoner. Prepare yourselves for heat. It's franchises. Fiery phoning of the week. My fire take is that Alfred Morris gets revenge on the Redskins. Revenge. Revenge. <laughs> 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 the fact that somebody dies at the end of it. <laughs> Why does it have to be death? <laughs> you just got burned. They're burned. It's just is hot. If they're not dead, then they're seriously <laughs> wounded. Franchise, are you there with us? <laughs> oh, that's great. Franchise, what's going on, man? Franchito, joining us. Is he there? Is not, fra- get, not getting any sound. Oh, I, no. I, I don't hear franchise. Take franchise? Your, take your phone off mute, franchise. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Put your pants on, man. 
Uh, <laughs> well, that's not going to happen either way. No, the will <laughs> never be on. If he's there or if he's not there, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we're not hearing him. Hold on. Let me try and get him back. All right. So, uh, All right. Elhar might actually have to do some production. Talk about some of this. All right. How about this? Let's get to our deep sleepers. Yeah, let's do that. Let's start there. I'll start us off. How about this? I've got two, actually. That's true. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, again, I am, uh, I am the co-commissioner of the Danger Zone. Uh, Chris Conley versus Oakland. Dude, I love that call. Um, Sick. He has been on the field a ton. Uh, more than Albert Wilson, the second most next to Jeremy Macklin. Uh, and I, I, he doesn't get a lot of targets. I get it, but uh, I just think Andy Reid, after a bye, uh, Alex Smith has absolutely tortured this team, the Raiders, and their pass defense has just been bad. Uh, so yeah, I think Chris Conley versus Oakland is is a solid call. How about this? This is my other one. This is my legit danger zone play of the week. Anquan Bolden versus the Rams. Anquan Bolden in Week Five. Uh, played on 80, I believe, more than 80% of the snaps. He actually played on more snaps than Golden Tate. Yeah. Just FYI. He's completely supplanted Golden Tate as a number two, I think. I think so as well. The Rams also giving up a lot of yards to wide receivers. I think if you're absolutely Hello? desperate. What? Oh, it's the Hello? franchise. Hey, pal. Hey, is that room on fire yet? Because it's about to be. <laughs> Boy, that was, Light only it up. that was only mildly awkward. Light it up. I feel like I feel like we are that dog in the "this is fine" this uh, is fine. meme, and here comes franchise with the fire. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna add more fire. There it is, franchise. Hit us. All right, my running back one lock of the week is Giovanni Bernard against the New England Patriots. Whoa, <laughs> Bernard! Wow. All right. Whoa, that is that's might, some fire. You, you might be wondering why. Because uh, the Patriots are allowing the third fewest fantasy points per game to running backs, but they're allowing the fourth most receptions to running backs this year. And Bernard is second among all running backs in the NFL with 25 catches on the season. New England's going to look to shut down A.J. Green as the Cowboys did last week, leaving Andy Dalton with no option but to dump off to Bernard with Tyler Eifert out again. And, you know, y'all can push the Brandon LaFell revenge narrative game at your own risk, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jeremy Hill is still dealing with a chest injury from two weeks ago, even though he was upgraded to full practice yesterday. The same thing happened with the Bengals last week. He's on the injury report, was updated to full midweek, and then Geo started the game and Hill had four carries. Hill left the game with a shoulder injury. Uh, there's a little bit of discrepancy here because they said it was a shoulder injury, and then he's on the report with a chest injury. I don't trust it. There's some shady stuff going on you can't trust. Jeremy Hill, mm. uh, and a changing of the guard here makes sense given Hill's injury and the fact that the Bengals running backs were averaging 3.1 yards per carry, which was 30th in the NFL heading into last week. Then Giovanni Bernard started and averaged 5.1 yards per carry, which is a huge upgrade. Um, so Bernard had 15 touches last week. I can see him getting at least that many touches again this week given his strong performance and the likelihood that Cincinnati will be down early, which is a good game script for Bernard's pass-catching abilities. So if you own Bernard, you start him. If you own Jeremy Hill, you bench his ass. All right. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> oh, that was fire. Uh, listen, right. that was your RB1 lock. Is, are both of those the lock of the week, or do you have a bust start of the week? Uh, a bust? You want my bust? I got a bust for Okay, you. let's go. Gilhar, you're not going to like this, but <gasps> it's Eddie Lacy against the Cowboys. Oh, Ooh. snaps. So, sorry, buddy. All right. Eddie Lacy has been dealing with an ankle injury all week. 
Uh, Green Bay's coach, Mike McCarthy, said he's okay. He's progressing well. But you know what? Coaches say a lot of things, guys. Mm. So, yeah, I don't trust it. Look, James Starks has not been available for practice due to personal reasons. He also has a knee injury, um, and he's not likely to be available for this game. So I think the Packers are going to have to roll Lacey out on a bum ankle because according to a report on Packers.com, Lacey and Starks are currently the only two running backs on the active roster. Whoa. Which is, yeah, that's not good heading into Friday with both of your, your running backs banged up. Uh, last year, Lacey was on the injury report with ankle issues in weeks two, three, and four, and he played, but his production in those games, he averaged um, 10.3 carries a game. 48 rushing yards, and zero touchdowns in those games while he had that ankle injury. So it's not a good outlook. Uh, the Cowboys are also a bad matchup for running backs, allowing just 95 yards per game, rushing yards per game, which is 11th in the NFL. They've only allowed two rushing touchdowns against. Lacey has failed to rush for greater than 81 yards in three of four games, even though he's averaging 13.5 carries per game. And he still only has one double-digit fantasy outing this season and still hasn't scored a touchdown. So find your cheese elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's the fire take of the week? The fire take is that Darren Sproles is going to finish as a top ten running back. (laughs) Go get it. Yeah. Tell me why. Are you on fire yet? (laughs) I think so. I'm on fire. I'm about to burn y'all. All All right. First of all, he's facing the sad, sad, sad Washington Redskins rushing defense. Good point. So sad. So sad. Sad. They're tied for New England, uh, tied with New England for the fourth most receptions allowed to running backs, 31. And Washington's allowed seven touchdowns to running backs this year. Now you might be like, yeah, well, doesn't that make Ryan Matthews a good start? Yeah, well, not really because Ryan Matthews, while he's not on the injury report, he did not practice on Friday due to an illness, uh, which is a big surprise. Ooh, Ryan Matthews didn't practice. Whatever. The coach says... <laughs> He expects Matthews to play, but again, coaches say a lot of things. The illness could still potentially affect his availability. Uh, Now a little bit more on Sproles. He's got more yards from scrimmage than Ryan Matthews this year, 297 to 182, and has 12 fewer touches. So he's been way more efficient. And despite Matthews' four total touchdowns this season compared to Sproles' one, Sproles has just 6.3 fewer fantasy points than Matthews in standard scoring and has actually outscored Matthews in full-point PPR. So if you're in a PPR hmm. league, Sproles is a must-start this week. Uh, yeah, he only has 14 catches on the season, but he's averaging 13.1 yards per reception, which is way above his career average yards per reception of 8.8. He's on pace for 732 receiving yards, which would also be a career high. He's also on pace for a career high 96 carries, which would be a nice supplement to his production as a pass catcher and he's averaging seven yards per carry in the red zone, which leads the Eagles. There the Eagles it is. Now, if Matthews does play, his 3.3 yards per carry average has been horrible, um, and, and he did not play well last week against a Lions defense that's allowing 4.9 yards per carry. He averaged 3.8 against them last week, which is Franchise, you, know, you son of a gun, coming so, through with a flamethrower, just putting work in right now at the running back position. All right, yeah, man. Buddy. Yeah, uh, buddy. Lock uh, rolls in as a top 10 running back according to this absolute fire day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got to go put some pants on. <laughs> All right. Bye, Franchise. Bye. Oh.
That may be That's one of the greatest walk-offs of all time. I've got to go, go put, put some, some pants, pants on. It's a pretty good one. That's pretty good. Oh, man. <laughs> I like I like the Gio Bernard call. For sure. Oh, I love it. I, th- I thought that was going to be the fire take of the week. Holy hell. He's, he's up in the ante here. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, let's finish our deep sleeper conversation, then we'll get to Cowboys and Green Bay. Uh, all right, so I gave you Chris Conley, Oakland, and Quan Bolden versus the Rams. High snap counts for both, uh, both playing against uh, shoddy secondaries there. All right, so Harmon, we'll go to you. Give me a deep sleeper. Yeah, so mine is a guy that I liked before the season, and it was absolutely one of the worst calls uh, of all time. Okay. It's uh, Kamar Aiken. Oh. Yay! Yeah, I mean, Kamar Aiken, RIP, has basically done nothing all nothing. season. Nothing. But Steve Smith is doubtful to play. Uh, I, he's going to miss this game almost almost for sure if he hasn't already been declared out by the time you're listening to this. Mike Wallace is also on the injury report. I think he practiced at least on a limited basis on Friday, so he will probably play. Okay. But Kamar Aiken uh, primarily lines up in the slot. Okay. The Giants have been bitten by slot receivers all year. Uh, Randall Cobb's matchup last week kind of showed that in other other games this season. They've given up production to slot receivers, so I expect Kamar Aiken to actually have a pretty solid, usable stat line. It is Super risky, uh, but if you're willing to take that risk, I think he's my deep sleeper of the week. I like it. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. All right, so I'm going deep on this one. I'm pulling out Case Keenum. No, you're not. I I what, what the hell is this on the <laughs> – <laughs> no, I'm pulling out – serious, I am going – you said deep sleeper. Okay, now this is maybe deep, like two quarterback league deep. But look at it this way. One, I'm not I, going Case Keenum, brother. One, nah. the, the Lions, 14 touchdown passes allowed. Two interceptions. Okay. Two interceptions. Case Keenum actually, shockingly, has 12.5 yards per completion. That's fifth best in the National Football League. The Rams are running a lot of play action, which has been fairly successful for them this this year. Yep. This is a week I think you get you finally get the Todd Gurley breakout game against a defense that's given up about five yards per carry. Todd Gurley gets going. That opens up the play action, which means Case Keenum gets the ball downfield to the likes of Kenny Britt and Brian Quick and maybe even Tavon Austin. Okay. And he puts up a sneaky good number for you this week. Wow. I like it. Levels. <laughs> Levels. 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 Indeed. Wizkid from Wisconsin. Alice Gelhart, give me a deep sleeper. Well, one isn't – I've got two on the same team. One is not that deep, but he's kind of fallen off the face of the fantasy earth recently, and that's Jamison Crowder. Yeah. We were seeing him earlier in the year. He was playing a ton of snaps, but as his snap percentage kind of traded with Jordan Reed, oh, that's Jordan point. Reed started to eat up a lot of that work over the middle. I like where you're going took, with Which this. took out Crowder there. So if Reed is out, you know, Crowder could see an uptick back to close to double-digit targets like that's he was earlier good, in the year. You know ball. what, man? That's a great call. And on the Flip side, if you want to go super duper deep, Niles Paul. Don't go pick Woo, up Vernon Davis. Paul. Don't go pick up Vernon Davis. <laughs> if you need a desperation play at tight end, give give Niles Paul a chance. He was a guy that was kind of poised for a breakout. I know a lot of people 100%. in the fantasy community loved him for years. Yeah. Suffered a lot of injuries and setbacks, but he's healthy now. He bulked up this offseason, and hey, who knows? Going into the 2014 season, he was set to start over Jordan Reed. That's right. Yep. Or being injured in That's a good the point. preseason. Uh, wow. I wish I thought of Niles Paul. For the danger zone instead of Anquan Bolden. Hey, Bolden's a good one. Tell us why. Oh, why? Well, I, I was going over it when you were trying to get franchise on the phone, but basically, just the Rams have given up a lot of yards, and uh, Anquan Bolden has basically supplanted Golden Tate as the number two wide receiver there. So, um, you know, they're gonna throw the ball. Their 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 running backs are all banked up. I I would imagine uh, Cooter's gonna dial up a, a lot of passes, and I think Bolden, who's been averaging six point two five targets per game over the last four weeks. 
I, I think if he sees eight targets, I wouldn't be surprised at all, and I think he can convert that into a very usable fantasy line. So there you go. All right, let's break down Cowboys at Green Bay. So, again, Green Bay at Lambeau yet again. They have a little bit of magic there. But I tell you what, man, it's an interesting game because the Cowboys have not been great for fantasy purposes against their opponents. So uh, Jordy Nelson is there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been okay, not great. What do we make of this game? We'll start with you, Wiz. Well, I mean, I'm the biased one. I think these other guys had some takes over there when we get into it before. I'd love sure. to hear what they were going to say or why they're why they're concerned. Yeah, so, well, I mean, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, and a lot of people have talked about it, but, you know, the way the Cowboys play defense is – or the way they play, they play offense elevates their defense because they just limit the opposing time of possession. For a second, I thought time. you were going to say the way they play defense is they play offense. <laughs> I mean, essentially, <laughs> I, almost, I almost went full John Madden on that Essentially, one. yes, it's though. basically true. But, yeah, it, it is, is true. but it's true. They have yet to allow a 100-yard rusher or a 100-yard receiver this year, which is right. pretty shocking considering their personnel. And when I tweeted, I tweeted that graphic out earlier this week, and a ton of you know, when you get something like that, it gets traction into the fan base. And I got a bunch of like Cowboys homers like quote tweeting like, "Yeah, lockdown defense, baby. Nobody doubt us." No, 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 no. Listen, no. it's not that your defense <laughs> is actually that good. The only team to hit 70 plays against the Cowboys was the Bengals last week, and that's because they essentially got blown out. I mean, they just eat time of possession. They eat the play clock. Other, it's just a lack of opportunities for the uh, for the opposition. No running back has hit twenty carries against them. Only one receiver has seen over ten targets. That was Kevin White's fourteen miserable targets on that Sunday night game. That was <laughs> crazy. I mean, I just I don't really know how That's to. That's pre- crazy. I don't know how to. Pre- and it's not like and they've as Gellhar mentioned, they gave up for over four yards a carry and six point nine to the uh, combination of Langford and Howard. So I mean, this is not like necessarily a stop down run defense or anything or even pass defense but it's just the lack of opportunities so I mean I don't know how to project this game uh, for the Packers skill position players. So, uh, all of that makes sense but the, the reason I would be okay with the Packers skill position players is that they're at home. Yeah. Like this offense is phenomenal at home and especially if I'm, I'm assuming the Packers aren't going to overlook that. I would think this is the type of game where they take the opening kickoff that they can get it and go score right away because what this Dallas offense hasn't really had to do much is, is play catch-up or yep. come from behind. And what's so interesting about this game, too, is that while the Dallas running game and all that stuff they've done is their strength, the Green Bay rush defense is their strength, too. So it's like unstoppable force, immovable object. Like, And if they, if they can even make Zeke human, you know, he's been like 130-whatever yards in three or four straight games – if they make him human, human, that's going to change this game dynamic entirely. All right. So, however, let, yeah, look, give me. I, I'd love to talk about Zeke because I think a lot of folks are really worried about what Ezekiel Elliott is going to do against this uh, Packers run defense. But let's just review. While I, I mean, the Green Bay run defense is great. I think their numbers might be a little misleading because let's just review the running backs that they've played. T.J. Yeldon who wasn't even really set to start that game in week one until Chris Ivory just mysteriously dropped off the face of the earth. Right. Uh, washed Adrian Peterson in week two, another re- bad run-blocking offensive line as well. A running back playing receiver in Theo Riddick and, uh, in week three, and then Orleans Darkwa and the mess of a Giants committee in week four. So it's not like they've they necessarily did, been tested yet. They did, they did have to stop, you know, 
podcast favorites, Jarek McKinnon and Dwayne Washington, too. I mean, Dwayne Washington. Yeah, but they like, were backups. He, he's like leader in the club. Everybody on this podcast stumped for Dwayne Washington. <laughs> I know, but, but <laughs> he, he was still. averaged 3.8 yards against him. <laughs> right, yeah, I mean, I'm saying I think they have a good run defense, but like a, a crazy, the, scary, like league best run defense. The thing, the thing I, is, too, they just welcome back a lot of people off of injury and off of suspension. They only had two or three defensive linemen on their active roster when they were shutting down running backs. Now they've got depth, can rotate guys in. I'm just saying, I, I, I agree with your point. It's not like they shut down Lev Bell and David Johnson in back-to-back weeks, but they also let those scrubs literally do nothing. Oh, yeah, literally do nothing. But I think Zeke will be fine. I mean, he might not have, again, like the ceiling that he's accessed the last few weeks, but 28.4% of his carries uh, have come against eight men in the box. He's averaged 4.4 yards per carry and scored two touchdowns on the on those fronts. So, I mean, he's a guy that I think can still very much – get over on this run defense even if it is a pretty good well and let's not let's not discount what Zeke could do as a pass catcher in this offense too okay. I mean you know you line him up or you have him come out of the backfield and I don't really care how good your linebackers are it's going to be hard to stay with him on a regular basis so even if he's not running the ball super effectively I think the Cowboys can find ways to get the football in his hands try to get him out in space and allow him to make some plays all right so I mean, he only has 10, tu- 10 targets. On I know, which is kind of amazing, though. which I, I seems very low. Because as I'm saying that, I was looking it up and feeling like that was low. But, right. you know, it's not it's not because he can't catch the football. What, what also what worries me about the Dallas – I mean, Zeke, I think you're right. He'll be fine. I'm not going to bench him or anything in this matchup. But, like, in terms of, like, them limiting the, the Packers' offense with their offense, like, Dez is not going to play again. And, like, Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams, and they don't Jason Witten – I, I think this is this could be a, a lower scoring game, not let the Green Bay's gonna put up a ton of ton of points, but like I think your Green Bay offensive starters like Cobb, they the D- Dallas has gotten gashed by guys in the slot too. Curley had a good game against them, Sterling Shepard had a good game, Jamison Crowder found the end zone. And even uh, Brandon La- or LaFell last week, some of his production came out of the slot and Tyler Boyd did too. So I think I think the Packers offense will still be fine. I'm just fascinated to watch this game to see how it 100%. plays out from everything we've talked about. 100%. Cowboys win this one. They're a way better team. Whoa. Okay. I don't know about way better. Wow, it's, okay. It's going uh, to so be really I, awkward. It's yeah. like Gil Harmon. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, here's some uh, <laughs> What does my, my wrong opinion matter? <laughs> Overall raw numbers here for you. The Green Bay Packers defense has only given up 9.45 fantasy points per game to the entire running back position. That's nothing. It's best in the league right now. They're also giving up just 2.18 yards per carry. But again, uh, the list of running backs that they faced, not the best, but still 2.18 yards per carry is really, really good. So uh, again, I am just, I'm fascinated by this game and I can't wait to watch it. I really hope it's going to be better than that Green Bay um, Giants game. We'll, we'll also say, while we were trashing the running backs the Packers have faced, the Cowboys have not exactly played a murderer's row of competition to dominate time of possession. They've beat up on the 1-4 Bears, the 1-4 and 49ers, and the 2-3 and three Bengals. That's kind True. of a good point. No, All right. I like it. Not, not exactly a lot of powerhouse offenses rolling up against that. Not that the Green Bay offense is right now in its current state. Not, I'm not trying to say that because they kind of suck, but – Better than those. Games. By the way, could, could, could this end up being maybe another Devonte Adams game? Oh God! I almost put him in in spot starts, <laughs> but please that. let it be the Jordy Nelson. But at least, at least, at least you, you saying that makes me feel not crazy for suggesting it. Well, I mean, only because Dallas not only limits the time of possession, but they also relegate a lot of resources to stopping like the number one receiver on the team. So I mean, and I think a lot of teams have done that. And when you saw the Giants do that, and really hammer with Janoris Jenkins on on Jordy Nelson 
uh, than he got over for a touchdown, and that just seems to keep happening. So It's interesting to me in, in regards to what the game flow might be, and this is the last note we'll say on this game before we get to every damn game, but um, it, if the running backs there for Green Bay are both injured, it might force McCarthy's hand. They want to throw it anyways. It's a, they want to throw it. They've got Aaron Rodgers. That's fine. But it might force his hand to throw it even more. And if Aaron Rodgers is on his game at home in Lambeau where he's played great, they could get out to a big-time lead, I think. Uh, and it could force Dallas's hand to actually play quicker as well. All right, we'll, we'll see. I'm really interested to see how I'm that I'm super excited her. to watch it. I'm actually mad. I'm on the stupid couch for like an hour of this game. On oh, Sunday. no. Oh, wow. Right in the meat of it. I'm like, ah, but. Let's, oh, no. Oh, no. Anyways. Uh, let's get to EDG every damn game. Eagles at Redskins. Harmon, what you got? Yeah, this is kind of a weird game to project to me. I, I think that. You know, Washington being at home, but probably without Jordan Reed is is definitely a game changer. I think Deshaun Jackson gets over on this. You've got two narratives working here. The one, the revenge game, obviously. Uh, two, he's been a little bit uh, shocking, not happy that he's been not getting a ton of targets. Wait, Deshaun Jackson? I know. It's, <laughs> it's pretty unexpected. It's really not in line with anything we've ever seen. <laughs> Such a quiet, soft-spoken guy. Right. So it, that's a little shocking. So I think we got a little bit of a squeaky wheel gets the grease theory going on here, too. So I think he gets over in this game. But other Love than it. that, I, on the Eagles' side, I really like Ryan Matthews, despite what uh, Franchise said, and Jordan Matthews. Uh, Jordan Matthews primarily still gets a ton of his production in the slot, even though he's moving around a little more. And so he'll avoid Josh Norman pretty much probably for the, in, uh, in the entirety of the game if the Eagles are smart and uh ryan matthews while he doesn't play full-time he's not even hit 50 percent of the snaps in any game this year he has a team high 14 touches inside the red zone darren sproles is next highest with five so i think you're betting on a touchdown against what is a terabad washington defense. terabad okay steelers at the mia alex galehart what you got uh, as I wrote in the rundown and we were laughing about beforehand, the unstoppable force known as Le'Veon Bell meets Blades of Grass, also known as the Miami run defense. What a poetic uh, way to describe the it. The Miami run defense has the is giving up the most rushing yardage per game. Le'Veon Bell is second in rushing yardage per game. Sammy Coates is his lacerated hand, might not be out, Mark might not be playing, Marcus Wheaton is bad. This could just be a game where Lev Bell goes absolutely bananas. I would I would be concerned about starting anybody outside of like Ben uh, Antonio Brown and Lev Bell on the Steelers' side of the ball because they're also not at home, but it, they're going up against a bad defense. I was going to say, can you give some folks out there, because I know the, the road-home split narrative for Ben Roethlisberger is pretty dramatic, uh, and it's interesting. The road, the road split has been so bad, but yet they're playing a super bad team. Yeah, I'm not, that, that's why it doesn't concern me too much. And this Miami offense, my God, the only person I would think I would consider starting is Jarvis Landry just yeah. because – I would expect the game script to flip back into one where he gets pummeled with targets again and then having to run a lot more plays. But Parker and Stills are just too frightening of like a touchdown-dependent, big-play-dependent guys to start. And then don't don't even get me started on this backfield. (laughs) Miami can't (laughs) – I mean, they have the lowest time of possession in the NFL right now. They just cannot hold on to the ball probably because they don't have a running game. Shocker. Uh, I wanted to just give a stat from from this game, even though it's not my game, uh, because I just found it so interesting. It also kind of – underscores the point I was making a couple of, a couple podcasts ago about how fantasy points per game can be a little misleading. Miami is 18th in fantasy points allowed to the running back position, but 
that is highly skewed because they haven't allowed a lot of touchdowns. Le'Veon Bell has 52 touches and over 150 total yards in his two games since returning from a suspension. Opposing teams have racked up 137 carries against the Dolphins through the first five games. Second most in the NFL, but Miami has the second lowest rushing touchdown rate, 0.7 allowed. That is like the most something's got to give situation I've ever seen before, and uh, I think Bell gets into the end zone twice this Sunday. All right, and if Big Ben doesn't perform today on the road, Uh, Jags at Bears, MG, what you got? Well, the first thing I'm looking at is Alshon Jeffrey because I think we have officially hit Defcon with one, with I, whatever, 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 the, whatever the, the bad, bad one is, is. <laughs> uh, we've hit, we have hit that with Alshon Jeffrey, and there was nothing reassuring about this week when I read uh, Brian Hoyer basically saying, "Yeah, we're not going to try to force the ball to Alshon. We're just gonna, you know, we're just gonna play this out and let it be what it is." So we're gonna force so, the ball to Cameron Meredith. So we're gonna like we're gonna force it to Cameron Meredith. So anyone else, you know, it's so how does that make sense? So what it's, Brian Hoyer saying because I think we were, I think we've all been waiting for the overcorrection to happen to Alshon, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And plus. You know, who knows how many times he runs up on Jalen Ramsey, who's done a fairly good job this year of, of yeah, shutting down yeah. receivers. So that that is certainly worrisome. Uh, on the flip side, I don't really love any of the Jaguars in this matchup, especially not in the passing game. I mean, Blake Bortles is a turnover machine, which worries right. me. And yeah, I think we've all kind of bought into this whole thing that the Bears defense is terrible and you can pick on them. And they're not they're not great. I, I don't want to, you know, start that rumor. Okay. Um, but <laughs> – they're not terrible. I mean, they're kind of a middle-of-the-road defense, and I think a lot of the credit goes to Vic, Fan- Vic Fangio, who's done a very good job of kind of rebuilding this defense. We saw sure. what he did in San Francisco for a number of years. Yep. So, I mean, I would start Allen Robinson because I think he's going to be fine. I would even maybe give a shot to Julius Thomas because the tight end position, as we know, is kind of a mess right now. But uh, I'm not super excited in believing that the Jaguars are just going to suddenly run through this Bears defense. And I don't know that this is a game that – you see one team jump out ahead of the other, so there may not be a whole lot of Blake Bortles garbage time points. You believe in Alan Hearns at all? Uh, no. Okay. Nah, dude. Nah. Nah, dude? Nah, bro. Okay. I believe in Marquise Lee more than Alan Hearns. Holy. Oh, yeah, I said it. Come on. Yeah, I said it. Shut up. Do not at me. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Browns at Titans, a game that nobody cares about in real life, but in fantasy, maybe. Matt Harmon. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a gross game. Uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't go chasing Mariota's ceiling from last week. I mean, even was, against the Browns. I mean, I think he can have like a usable streaming line, but at the same time, like a lot of it was Demarco Murray getting him into the red zone, and the Mariota throwing uh, red zone passes. And I know he ran a touchdown. He in only had like five had, point something yards per attempt. Yeah, yeah he, he had, had, he had, a, had a, over had 163 yards. passing yards. That's that was it. Yeah. So I mean, passing touchdown. I would not go chasing that ceiling. I think this is a huge blow up spot. For Delaney Walker, though, I think he can easily huh. make the argument that he is the top tight end on the board. The Browns have allowed 510 yards to the tight end position. The next highest is 339 with Washington in the second place there. So I think this is a big-time blow-up spot for Walker. Bengals at Pats. What do you say, Alex Gelhar? I'm honestly worried about starting A.J. Green a bit in this game now with Tyler Eifert still out, Jeremy Hill being injured, and Bill Belichick not respecting Brandon LaFell or Tyler Boyd. We know that he and uh, Matt Patricia, uh, I think I always pronounce his name wrong, love to scheme away a team's best weapon. Yep. And right now, A.J. Green's basically the Bengals' only weapon. So I think he still will probably get the volume to maybe post a reasonable stat line, but if he's on a team of yours where you went wide receiver heavy early and you have the opportunity to maybe slide him out, I don't think you'd be crazy to do so. Wow. I also would not fault you for starting him just because 
as Franchise also mentioned, the Bengals figure to be down by a lot in this game and throwing a lot. So yeah, I don't know if I can do it. Forty. It's, it's hard, but it's it's an option. 49ers at Bills. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Uh, I'm looking at the running backs on both sides in this one. I mean, one, you got Shady McCoy in the revenge against his, uh, against his old coach. So I, I expect him to get fed plenty especially the, because the passing game still hasn't really produced much fruit without Sammy Watkins. So I love this revenge game narrative, though. It's yeah. Great. Oh, it's against his coach. Yeah, the old coach. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, Chip Kelly cut him or whatever, basically right. let him walk from yeah. Philadelphia. And, I love you know, it. Shady McCoy had, took it so well. Shady had a few things to say about it. He had some things it. on his mind. He, he got it off his chest. Um, so I'm down, I do think, I am down. Plus, look, who else would buy into a revenge narrative besides Rex Ryan? Rex, you know, buys into this Rex stuff. You've got to believe that. Um, but on the other side, I'm looking at Carlos Hyde because, look, there's no such thing as a matchup-proof player, but I think we're finding that that Carlos Hyde is not affected by game script so much in this offense that they find ways to get him the football. I love and they're finding ways to get him the football down near the goal line so that he can score touchdowns as well. So I think regardless of how this game goes, I think you can still ride with Carlos Hyde because he's going to get plenty of opportunity. None of you guys really excited about Kaepernick? Being back under center? Not really. I don't think it matters for fantasy. Um, I mean, I think I'm excited. Matter for fantasy. <laughs> <man>. Agreed. <laughs> uh, I I think Thanks it me. I think it makes you know it's a great storyline. And when when they do total access or ESPN Sports Center or whatever, like it'll definitely be a top story. There's uh, no well, question. The Tory yeah. Smith factor, Harmon, is what you and I talked about. Could be the only the real interesting thing. Yeah, I mean, Kaepernick had for all his flaws and there are a lot of them as a player that he has he has an over 85 passer rating on passes traveling 20 yards in the air from 2015 really about the only thing he still did well was whip it down the field that's weird Gabbert, by the way because I don't I don't see him as a good downfield guy but he's aggressive and Gabbert I mean is the opposite he has a 43 passer rating this right. year on passes well, traveling just, over 20 yards in the can air. he throw it 20 yards? I mean he can throw it 20 yards but not near where it's supposed to go okay and also Gabbert leads the NFL in rushing yards by a quarter back which is probably surprising to most people but huh. i mean if one thing we can say for sure kaepernick's a better runner than oh yeah Gabbert. oh yeah uh, so i mean i think that he has upside as a streamer probably not in this week travel taking literally the longest cross-country trip you can take right but i think and there's gonna be a week i'm gonna be tempted to play colin kaepernick i'm just warning you guys right now <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> i'll say this as well uh, a west coast team traveling to the east coast in a morning game i don't know there's that narrative as well. Ravens at New York taking on the Giants. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Welcome back to the Terrence West Show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I am I am so firmly driving that bandwagon yeah. all the way to hell. I, I bought a ticket. Yeah, you guys are on. I, I bought, a, I bought a ticket. with me. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going places, baby. And Terrence West, I profiled him in the Next Gen Stats matchup column this week. The Giants front seven has played well. Uh, for the entirety of the season, but the last two weeks they've started to give it up a little bit to opposing running backs. Uh, New York allowed 10.3 yards per carry out of the single back formation to Jarek McKinnon, 6.4 yards per carry out of the I formation to Eddie Lacy, and 10.9 yards per carry to the two combined uh, in the shotgun over the last two weeks. West distance travel per rush yard gain. I know I'm getting a little bit in the weeds here with the NGS stuff, but yeah. that's a that's a metric that I've seen a lot of correlations between straight up downhill power running. It's gone down every week, and his yards per carry has gone up every single week. So he's getting better as the season's gone on. They essentially ousted Mark Tressman because they ignored West in the second half. I expect West to have a really big game here. Uh, this game's in New York. I would like it better if it was in Baltimore, but at the same time, 
I still think it's a good spot for West, and I think it's also like the Giants need to get right here, man. Like they really like this has got to happen this week, or I'm gonna be like just completely out on this offense. Oh God, please let's go Odell. Uh, Rams <laughs> at Lions. What you got, Ag? Uh, as we kind of, I think Marcus is the one that hinted at this earlier. This could be the Todd Gurley blow-up game because the Lions give up like five yards at 5.11 yards per carry, but haven't allowed a rushing touchdown yet. Okay, that could all very well change this week with Todd Gurley coming against their banged-up front seven. They're still, I think, likely to miss two their two best players in the front seven, in Ezekiel Anza and DeAndre Levy. Uh, I'm not in the boat with Marcus on starting Case Keenum. However, <laughs> I said as, two uh, QB leagues. <laughs> however, as uh, Adam Rank affectionately calls it, the Doyle rules now. Yeah. Uh, tight ends can score against the uh, the Lions. I think Lance Kendricks could be a sneaky, sneaky pickup if you are completely desperate because I think he's third on the team in targets right now, to be completely wow. honest. Uh, and then otherwise, I think Marvin Jones is in a great spot, and uh, I'm worried about everybody else in the Lions. So that's about that. You talk about the Doyle rules and somewhere – Zach Ertz has the sads. <laughs> Thanks for messing up our narrative, Pat. <laughs> uh, Panthers at Saints. A lot of points should be scored in this game, and of course, there will be no points scored in this game. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Right, and that's like there are. I think I I I can I can paint a picture where there are a ton of points scored because. Both these defenses have been vulnerable right. all year long. 100%. I can also paint you a picture where there are very few points scored because these teams play each other twice a year and they're very familiar with what the other one does. Oh God. Uh, Matt Harmon's giving me the stink I, eye right I would now. Be, I would be shocked if, if they okay. shoot shootout. It's because it's Saints at home. If and it was in Carolina, well, and, that's, and that's, why I think okay. I lean, that's why I lean more right. toward there being a lot of points scored in this one because the Saints are at home and we know how Drew Brees is so much better in the Dome. Uh, but I do think that the Panthers realize they got to have a win in this game, and so I think I think you're going to see Cam Newton go all Superman on this th- on this one this week. Uh, so that means a lot of a lot of good things for Kelvin Benjamin, for Greg Olson. Uh, I think you see Fozzie Whitaker catching balls out of the backfield, I, and you know Cam will get Head a couple Ginn. of rushing touchdowns possibly. What is that? Head Ginn, Corey Brown. Uh, maybe. These guys are playing a lot of snaps. They are playing a lot would of snaps. Not, if you're desperate for a receiver, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, And, you know, for everybody who inevitably is going to ask us on Twitter in the next yes. uh, you know, 24 to 36 hours. All right. Uh, Yeah, good luck with that Saints wide receiver roulette. I mean, it could be Brandon Cooks. Dude. It could be Willie Sneed. It could be Michael Thomas. You just – there's no way of telling week to week which one of those I love Sneed this week. I absolutely love Sneed this week. I, I think they're – the, I think the linebackers are not. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what kind of shell that they're going to try to use to stop Snead, but I love him this week. I, I think he's going to uh, go big. Only once in the last year and a half or so, if you go back to the beginning of last year, have the New Orleans Saints not scored twenty plus points when at home, mm. and that was Week Two of last year against Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't. The distribution in this game on the Saints side too is confusing to me, though. Like, I really like Michael Thomas in this game. Whoa, you know, I think that he's been ascending. He's Hold on, if you like, if you like Michael Thomas, I like Kobe Fleener's going to do nothing. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I don't think like tight ends are kind of a, a rough proposition against the Panthers linebackers, but their safeties are so bad though, so they've been giving up some production. I, I just, I don't know what the hell is going to happen on the Saints side. <laughs> I do think it's a good bounce back spot for Brandon Cooks though. Who's, and you like Breeze, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it, like it all comes kind of comes back to like. Take the take the cake, not the icing. Okay. You know, in this situation with uh, with Drew Brees, I mean, I think he's going to blow up. But who's going to blow up with him? 
That's a good question. All right, let's go. Chiefs, Raiders, Harmon, what you got? Yeah, this game could be – I think this game could be sneaky high scoring. I've been trying to call a high scoring game for the Chiefs, and it hasn't worked <laughs> since week one. <laughs> so I'm going double, to double down yeah. now or like quadruple down here and let's say go. this could be a sneaky high scoring game for the Chiefs. I mean, they play the Raiders defense who are on pace to allow the most yards per game since 1970, I believe, if I Holy saw that right this hell. morning. So, yeah, they're not a good defense. Uh, they paid a lot of money for a lot of parts that aren't working. Um, the Chiefs' backfield, I think, is the biggest story in this game, obviously. Jamal Charles says the shackles are off. Yeah. Um, not unlike another person said that this week, but in more of a positive sense. Uh, Jeez. Well, sorry, my bad. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think uh, I think that, you know. God, Charles, sorry. I don't know. That just came out. I wasn't <laughs> uh, Charles, I think, you know, he should play more. But I Go back to beer, by the way. I know. I need to really go back to beer. But uh, Jamal Charles is going to play. The okay. coaching staff has still said that he's a little bit limited. Uh, so I don't really know how to read this situation. Situation. Spencer Ware, I think, is still going to figure in. I mean, I can't honestly, like, reliably tell you what's going to happen. I hate to default to, like, I need to see it first to know, but I kind of need to see the Chiefs' backfield split uh, to know for sure. But other than that, love Jeremy Macklin, love Travis Kelsey, who's getting a ton of red zone targets. Chris Conley, like you mentioned, is actually second on the team in red zone targets for the Chiefs. And I think you fire up all your Raiders. Uh, Amari Cooper is in a blow-up spot again. He primarily runs his routes from the left side of the field. Uh, Marcus Peters primarily sticks on the defensive left, so they will not face each other Ooh. much at all. I think he's in a big blow-up spot against inferior corners like DJ White, Philip Gaines for the uh, for the Chiefs. There. I can't tell you how much I like Alex Smith as a streamer option this oh, yeah. week. I've got him in like three or four leagues. Uh, Jerry so. McDonald, who is a beat reporter for the Raiders, wrote uh, this stat. Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith, 7-1 against the Raiders, 18 touchdown passes, just three interceptions. Uh, and Andy Reid, after a bye, I know this is not necessarily fantasy relevant, but he gets his boys prepared, man. Uh, what is it? 15-2 uh, and two is Andy Reid's career uh, record in the week after the bye. So I just think they're going to be prepared. Uh, Alex Smith has already torched this team a number of times. Uh, the Raiders' defense looks like complete trash. I, I just I love Alex Smith in this matchup. I think he's going to be uh, a top ten quarterback, and that's I don't even think that's a bold call at all. Uh, Falcons at Seattle. MG, what do you got? Uh, I first thing is I love Jimmy Graham this week. All oh, of God. the all of the Jimmy Graham this week. Okay. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be huge. And I, I do think that even Russell Wilson now, you know, having had the week off, yeah, having gotten a little big. bit healthier, that's big. is going to put up a really big number this week. Um, you know, and so that that means good things for certainly Doug Baldwin. I mentioned Jimmy Graham. Uh, we keep hearing that Tyler Lockett is ticketed for a bigger role in the offense this week, can't which get, doesn't really mean, much smaller. I say, it doesn't really mean much considering how little he has done so far <laughs> this year. But hey, we'll take whatever we can get, right? I think um, he's getting healthier too, though. He's he getting was healthier. Yeah, it was revealed before the bye week that he was playing through a PCL. Injury, yeah. so he yeah, was, he should definitely be more involved. the The other side, the Falcon side, I think is a little more intriguing. I expect Matt Ryan to look a lot like he did last week against Denver, where it was, you know, on the football field, it was a really nice performance. Fantasy wise, it wasn't much to write home about. I think yeah. he had what 14, 15 points, something yeah. like that last yep. week. Um, and so I think you can you can look for similar numbers from him. I don't know if that's enough to warrant putting him in your starting lineup in a lot of leagues. Um, but, I, I mean, I still believe in this Falcons offense. I think they have a lot more weapons. Uh, and I do think they're going to try to get Julio Jones more involved. I know that you know, Richard Sherman is allegedly supposed to shadow him this week. But I, I just think that the Falcons can't be successful two weeks in a row not getting a lot out of Julio Jones. So I think you're going to see a lot more targets his way.
All right, let's go. Colts at Texans. Harmon, what you got? Yeah, this game is, is an interesting one to figure. It's an important game for both teams. I mean, the Texans are coming off a bad loss to the Vikings, and the Colts are, you know, kind of spinning it them, themselves. And I think one of these two teams is going to probably end up winning the division. So it's it's definitely going to be an important game to watch. I think this is the week for Lamar Miller. And if, it, if this is not the week for Lamar Miller – then we're in trouble. It's never going to happen. Then, then yeah, it's, it's probably, yeah. Then go full on Deke Shriek if you own Lamar Miller and he does not get off in this one. I mean, the Colts have been giving up a ton of production to running back to the running back position. Uh, you know, he has been getting a ton of work. He just hasn't gotten in the end zone yet. Like, he has to score a touchdown this week. Like, he literally has to. <laughs> he has to. He's been giving the Colts have been giving up 4.6 yards per carry, 98.2 yards per game, four touchdowns allowed. Yep. I mean, this is a bad run defense. You should be targeting it. Uh in terms of the Texans receivers, I think just by default, Hopkins is going to see more of Vontae Davis. Davis has stuck primarily to right corner, 93% of his snaps since returning. Uh maybe that's just a change in game plan or just because he's coming off an injury, but he's not been shadowing top guys, but Hopkins primarily lines up at left wide receiver. So I think this is a big game for Will Fuller. I think if you have Will Fuller, you should think about starting him this week against the rest of the substandard Colts secondary. According to ESPN's Bill Barnwell, Lamar Miller entered week five with more touches without a touchdown through four games than anybody in modern NFL history. Yeah, like that's like I'm saying, like he has to score a touchdown, even if he sucks. <laughs> like even if if the answer to this Lamar Miller thing was Dolphins were right, he shouldn't be a workhorse back. He's not that good. He's still gonna score a stupid touchdown at some point. Man, he is averaging 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, coming into the season, he was over five. That's that's not good. Ew, that is not good. All right, let's do daily daps and get out of here. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the daily daps and hooks. Give me daps, cause I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps and hooks. All right, daily dap time. We shall go to the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alice Gelhar. What's up? Uh, politics suck, and there's too much of it going on right now. But I want to give a daily dap to the first lady, Michelle Obama, because strip out the the reason she was giving her speech or what it was about, and just the words that came out of her mouth sure. uh, yesterday were fantastic. And I thought it was a strong message that people from all parties and walks of life in this country should listen to. So daily daps to her for getting up in New Hampshire and giving that speech. I tweeted about it. You guys can find it there. I'm sure if you just Google Michelle Obama's speech, it's been everywhere. But I just wanted to mention one quote, and then I'll be done with it. But she said, We have the power to show our children that America's greatness comes from recognizing the innate dignity and worth of all our people. And I think that's an important thing to think about as we go through these times with all the differences that divide countless people. So daily daps to her. I feel like that speech, again, we have to strip out the politics of it. But right. if you were to play that speech 10 years from now when you're totally divorced yep. of, of all, out, you know what I mean? Throw out the candidates, throw it the head-to-head. Just right. listen to what she said in that speech again. And you play that in 10 years from now. I feel like it's going to be one of those great inspirational. I think it's, it's one that's going to be remembered. I you know what I mean? Think so I watched it and I got chills just listening to it. Hundred percent, very emotional. Like, and she was super emotional too, which which really drove home her message, which I thought was great. I, I mean, I certainly hope we're not like bothering people by talking about this because, like you said, and a lot of things in in from 2016. Not to get all philosophical about it, but it's been so much more than just politics. Like, yeah, politics have been the tone of it. And that's, that's always going to be important. And, you know, you shouldn't just necessarily forget about it, but like, 
yeah, the underlying message of like human dignity and like what's what's right and to worth do. and everybody yeah. like that's that's what I loved about her speech. That's why I wanted to give a daily dab to it. And it's just to remember that and everything we do like, you know, America's greatness doesn't come from having the biggest military or the most money or whatever. It right. comes from the innate dignity and worth of every single one of our citizens. Man, I love it. Feeling All right. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Uh, a couple of them real quick. One, uh, I think we all get uh, a lot. Because, you know, there are a lot of people who are looking to break into doing what we do. And I think we get, you know, hit up from a lot of people who ask us to read this or look at that. Yeah. Um, every now and then I run across something that's really kind of interesting. And uh, one of them was these. A group of like three 16 year old kids, like high school kids okay. in Illinois, yeah. uh, on Instagram at 24 7 Fantasy. They're doing some really fun, kind of cool stuff on Instagram, which I think is kind of a, a sort of undiscovered territory hmm. uh, from a fantasy perspective. So, uh, dabs to them. But my big one is I was late to the show Atlanta on FX, the Donald Glover show. Um, it is amazing. Um, it it I mean it is I guess billed as a comedy and there are certainly a lot of comedic elements to it I mean that's that's Glover's wheelhouse it's what he does well but uh, it's just really kind of real too I mean the basic premise is he and his cousin are trying to uh, break into the hip hop industry his cousin is a rapper and he's trying to promote him and manage him and whatever but you know there are a lot of kind of real things about just their day to day life in and around the city and a lot of the you know just these social services and these social network and a lot of things that just happen. Uh, so it's as much social commentary as it is just a, you know, comedy about two guys trying to make it in the music business. Um, there, I think there have been seven episodes. I, I got through the first five of them. Uh, and it is it is incredibly well written and well acted. And, you know, kudos to Donald Glover and everybody there who's putting that thing together because that show's been really, really fun to watch. I like it. All right. Uh, what do you got, Matt Harmon? Oh yeah, I mean I'm never prepared for these. No, you're not. Uh, I'm really you're you're overly prepared with with NGS stats and A dot numbers, and then I literally get to this part. And I'm like, <laughs> oh right, I forgot. I don't do anything else with my life. Uh, no, but I am gonna give I'm gonna give a daily dap out to somebody that I know is listening. Uh, my dog, uh, Charlie. I got I got I got to. What's dap, up, Chuck? I got to dap Charlie because it's been a rough past couple of days for him. On my day off on Wednesday, I was yeah. brushing him as. You know, got to keep him looking good. Of course. Brushing him, and I fresh. found and he's been, like, seemingly, for lack of a better word, licking at his butt for days. <laughs> uh, but he actually, I discovered he's got, like, a, he had, like, a little bit of a tick right above his tail. Oh. And so I had to pluck it off, and he has a bunch of dry skin. So he's got, he's in the cone right now so that he oh, can continue got the cone of shame. Huh? Uh, and it is the most pathetic sight I've ever it's seen. It's so sad. Like, he's a very energetic, happy, emotional dog. When that cone is on, you would think that, like, he just got – his heart ripped out, and, and he looks at you like, "Dude, why are take you doing this?" Off, like, and like, <laughs> so I take it off to walk him. Yeah, because he's not gonna scratch before we're walking. But then I put it back on him, and every time he's like, "You gotta be kidding me!" I thought that was coming off. Like even, <laughs> even like he was, he was laying with me last night during TNF, and normally he'll like lay or he'll be happy and he'll like cuddle with you. He just like plops on you. He's like, "I give up." There's, <laughs> so hopefully, there's no meaning, <laughs> meaningfulness in life anymore with the cone. So again, because I know he's listening, hopefully tonight I can take the cone off him if the if the little scabs around where he's picking have been healed. That's great. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna give it. <laughs> it's also a little bit gross. But <laughs> I have no life. I mean, this is this is it. I've got football stats and a dog. Like other than that, nothing going on here. This is tremendous. Uh, daily Daps go out to Robert Frank. Uh, he is a workout warrior and a comedian, and he puts out these uh, these motivational short videos on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter as well. But go find him, Robert Frank six one five. Um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, it's like, 
it's like Chris Farley if he was doing the whole, you know, I live in a van down by the river thing. Oh, yeah. But he's like super ripped and jacked. Ooh. And he's screaming at you to live a better life. But it is GD hilarious. I don't know what it is, but I just love it. Robert Frank 615. You could find him on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter as well. Robert Frank 615. I, I, again, it's like. So he's Matt Foley. He's basically a super ripped Matt, Matt Foley. Foley. Matt Foley. Okay. Mm. That's what it is. <laughs> it's really funny, man. Go check it out. All right, that's the show for today. For Alex Gelhar, for MG My Guy Marcus Grant, and for Matt Harmon. Oh, and the franchise as well with another fiery boner. I'm James Go. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.